When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, wherever you're listening from, go ahead and take a moment right now to hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with these interviews as we do publish multiple episodes every single week. I'm Kyle Meredith. I've got such a special episode in store for you today. Gillian Welch is my guest, and I am so excited. We're going to talk about the just-released-for-the-first-time vinyl edition of her album Soul Journey. Uh, in fact, uh, there's the uh, the differences that this vinyl has versus the digital copies that's been out there so far. Uh, it's also a bit of a reassessment, how the lyrics and, and, and the songs sound to her these days. And, of course, the story behind uh, what I guess is maybe her biggest hit, Miss Ohio, that came from that album as well. We'll also turn back the clock to 20 years uh, to discuss the album Hell Among the Yearlings. Uh, she lets us know how it was almost a very different record and its ties to Nirvana's Nevermind. There's an update on when we can expect more new music, possibly. And we start out with a discussion about uh, Father John Misty, Mr. Josh Tillman, just recently covering Gillian Welch. It's Kyle Meredith with Gillian Welch. Hey. 
I actually thought we'd start with the news today. You know, woke up this morning and, uh, and Josh Tillman, Father John Misty, had released a cover of uh, Everything is Free, uh, a beautiful version of it. Did you know that was going to happen? Have you heard it? No, I just, a couple friends just hollered at me and uh, told me that, that he'd done that. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. But I, I, I did just hear about it a couple minutes before <laughs> before talking to you. So, uh, yeah, that's been very cool. Very cool. You, uh, I think you all have played together recently, hadn't you? We have. We just did a show at the Hollywood Bowl. It was uh, Big Thief and us and Father John Misty. It was quite, quite a nice sold-out night. It was really nice and, and really a thrill to to play the Hollywood Bowl. It's a beautiful, old, well-natural amphitheater. <laughs> just, yeah. just incredible. And my dad got to come to the show, so that was kind of cool, too. Oh, yeah. D- does he get to often? Is that, is that, is that a rarity? No, it's, 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 it's been a little while. My, uh, my, my dad is 92 years old. Wow. 92. <laughs> um, it, it takes a little doing to get him out of the house. We had to give him full rock star treatment. We had to send the limo, deliver him right to the stage door, have the bowl meet him with a wheelchair, whisk him to his seat. We had to do the whole deal. So it was pretty. It, uh, it, it, it all came off great, though. That's, that's really cool. Well, there's a couple records yeah. I thought we'd uh, we'd talk about, you know, that are that are um, one celebrating the anniversary, the other one, and we'll start there. Soul Journey uh, just finally got its uh, its vinyl debut. This is a long time coming, right? Yeah, I guess 15 years, if my math is right. Yeah, it's funny, you know, we started working towards putting out all of our records as records about 10 years ago. And uh, this is just how long it took, I guess, because we're just really fussy (laughs) (laughs) and just wanted them to be really right. I mean, and and we wanted uh, the mastering engineer that we've been working with most of our career involved as well. His name is Stephen Markson. So in the end, we did we ended up kind of designing a custom lathe system you know and when people would say man like why don't you have vinyl i got so tired of answering that eventually i just started saying because we're building a lathe (laughs) (laughs) and then they sort of understood that it wasn't because we didn't care about it it's because we cared so much about it you know so that's really what we did dave and we we built a lathe and um we we cut our own uh yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've, if I've you heard, look in the in the dead wax, you know, like like right outside the paper label on a record, mm-hmm. sometimes there'll be little scribbly scratches. There'll be initials or maybe the name of the mastering house, you know. But if you look on that little ring outside the paper label on our records, you'll see some initials, and that's the initials of Stephen Markison, David Rawlings, Gillian Welch, and Brent Bishop. Those are our initials. We actually, you know, we we cut that groove. Yeah, you talked about it online about this. You, you th- it actually made the album sound better to you, like uh, hearing some some nuances that maybe you know were were, were lost in the digital transition. Uh, how much of that is there? Well, more than I remembered, because it had been a long time since we had last heard the tapes. I mean, thank goodness, you know, we've made all our records on tape. And so they're hanging tough, 
<laughs> through the years. You know, tape is a wonderful, you know, 100-year format. And so and the tape sounded great. And uh, I always thought there was that Soul Journey needed a little bit of cohesing, you know, almost like a do where all the parts are nice, but like it needs to go back in the refrigerator and then come back out on the stove <laughs> tomorrow and be reheated. Yeah. And in a weird way, that's what the vinyl did. The vinyl just put everything in a more sonically beautiful world and put it all in the same world. I don't know. I'm really, really happy of our entire catalog. Once we get our whole catalog out on vinyl, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Soul Journey gets the blue ribbon for most improved. You know, outside of the sound, I I don't know if there was a chance for any reassessment, you know, as far as the style and, and, and how you remember those songs, because at the time you said that was to be a happier record. Uh, is that still how you hear it, the front porch record? It's funny. Mostly what strikes me about Soul Journey these days is that, how can I put it? Because what I want to say, I probably can't say on the radio. Well, it sounds like we didn't give a flying, you know. <laughs> it, it's kind of a, to me, it it strikes me as a kind of brave at this point. Like, we just didn't, it's it's probably our most kind of punk record in a weird way. Um, anyhow, that's how it strikes me now. It's real. I guess you might call it our most kind of outsider. It's got a real naive sort of brashness to it. Anyhow, that's what I hear now. We definitely weren't concerned with what people expected of us, what would sell the best, what they would play on the radio what would have the best sort of cross-marketing with Spotify. It definitely didn't, you know, take anything like that into consideration. And I like that about it now. I kind of look around me in today's world, and I'm just surprised, man. Musicians think so much about marketing now, you know, because, I mean, even I, you know... Instagram is just marketing. Everything is marketing, you know, and I see the people who are, their careers are, you know, I I see some people who are making great strides. They're brilliant marketers more than it used to be the case. That's what I find charming at this point about listening to Soldier. And I was like, wow, man, we didn't give a shit about marketing. (laughs) <laughs> but there was no marketing. Yeah, but but you still ended up with a bona fide classic, like not considering a single, and then you have Miss Ohio that has sort of and gone then on. Miss Ohio, yeah. which is our biggest single. I know. <laughs> I guess that you know it, it makes it easy to deal with that song because it never was to be a single. It wasn't supposed to be a single, so. I don't have any of that resentment that right. people sometimes have when they have to deal with their big single because it it wasn't any of that. It just happens to be I guess, our most popular single. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great one. I mean, it's yeah. it's a classic for a reason, you know. As as classics go, that's it's it's there for a reason. Well, thank you. We have we have Dave to thank for that. I actually didn't think that much of that chorus. I wrote it, and I thought, well, isn't that funny? It's like this funny little nursery rhyme that just goes around in a circle. And I 
actually, I had kind of forgotten about it. Dave and I used to have this funny little, we called it the cubby. It really was a closet that someone had built bookshelves in, and we shoved a table in there, and it was a little tiny writing room. It was a great writing room. I, I wrote most of Revelator in there, and a lot of Hell Among the Yearlings, and, and I wrote Miss Ohio in there, and it was secluded, but you could, if you were outside the door, you could hear through the door. And so a couple of days after, I guess I'd written the course to Miss Ohio, Dave said, what about, what about that really catchy song? <laughs> what about that other song? I'm like, what song? He's like, you know, the one, I guess, I couldn't remember, I can't remember now what part he could remember, but he's like, it had a funny, a funny little rhyme. And anyhow, that's what he was talking about with this Ohio. I had pretty much totally forgotten about it. Thank so, goodness for that memory right there. For yeah. Thin doors. <laughs> Soul Journey also had, uh, it was the first time that you all had released. That, that you had included some traditional songs with Make Me a Pallet on the Floor, and I had a real good mother and father that you added some yeah. additional lyrics to. What was the process for you to do that? I mean, did you just have a sense of where the story could go? I had loved Pallet since I had heard uh, a Doc Watson recording of it. And, of course, there's like a Mississippi John Hurt recording of it. But I had heard Doc's version, and... I loved it, and I guess I sung it around the house, never on stage, but it didn't suit me. It didn't ring true to me, the line that he sang in the song, which was, then maybe you're good man, he won't know, or something. You know, maybe down a pallet on your floor, then maybe your man, he won't know. It's like, well, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, when I went to sing it, I spat out that other cadential, you know, closing line, and that rang true to me um, as soon as I said it, because it, that, you know, I have certainly slept on friends' floors in my life, and I immediately thought of one time when I was stranded in San Francisco and I crashed in a friend's shotgun apartment in the Castro and um, she had wood floors and there, you know, there was no place else to sleep. So I'm sleeping, <laughs> sleeping on the floor and uh, we made a little pallet. We took a couple, you know, blankets and quadrupled them up and I slept on the floor. So that's what I thought of. And I know plenty of people who, you know, in their lives, sometimes you just, you got to sleep on a friend's floor. So that's, that, that's what it connected to for me. And it seemed a little more neutral for, for people these days. And I liked it. It kind of modernized it in my head. I could see people, all I'm saying is, you know, people still crash on friends' floors. <laughs> I'll jump back a few years real quick to Hell Among the Yearlings just because it's, you know, celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. What was that it like for did. you? Can you believe it? Yeah, because, I mean, you went into this one already Grammy-nominated, and, and a lot of Roots artists were, were getting, you know, pushed to, you know, put a little alt alternative or rock sound in their, in their, in their vibe, but you, you, didn't, you didn't go that direction. You, you stayed the course, I guess, as it were. Was, was, the, was the pressure we there? We did. In fact, we went backwards, you know. We stripped it down much, much more yeah. from Revival. Oh, gosh, there's always been pressure on <laughs> us to, you know, get a band and I don't know. You know, there's always... But what are you going to do? It, you, you can only ever do what seems right to you. 
Well, I mean, or you don't have to, but then you have to live with the consequences, you know? And that's one of the nice things looking back at this point in our career. It's like, well, you know, for good or ill, we always, we, we never could make ourselves do what didn't seem right to us. So here we are. But yeah, hell was, we weren't quite ready to make that record. People can warn you. They can say, well, keep, keep writing, you know, after you make your first record, do as much writing as you can because you're going to get out on there, you know, out on the road, and then they're going to say, "Okay, time to make your second record," and you're not going to have any. <laughs> and that's, you know, that kind of happened to us. But it, you, you don't really believe it until until it's you. And then, actually, I don't know how many people I've told this to, but we weren't going to make that as a duo record. We actually had started rehearsing with Roy Husky Jr. The plan was to make that whole record, Dave and myself and Roy Husky on upright bass. Because oh, wow. we'd done some playing with him, and we just loved Roy to death. And for people who don't know, Roy was one of the great bass players of our time, and he passed away way, way too young. And uh, so we'd rehearsed a number of times, and then Roy just got too sick, and then he passed away. So that was that. We didn't go find another bass player. We just made it as a duet. Yeah, what a mood that record has too. Just a you know, I mean, even a rushed you know, or 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 an unready record. I mean, it's it's still a hell of a statement. Um, no pun intended there. On the yeah, title there. We, you know, yeah. we, we made that in a studio out in L.A. We made it at the same studio that Nirvana made Nevermind. Uh, there's some weird dark vibes in that place. Can imagine. That is a kind of weird, scroungy old studio. I mean, I think I hear they've really spruced it up now, so maybe it's not got that inherent grunge, <laughs> but it definitely had some darkness and some grunge when we were there. Is there an update on the, on the next one? We we really enjoyed the Nashville Obsolete record, you know, with with you and Dave. Uh, what was that 2015? And of course, under the Gillian Welch name, uh, Harold the Harvest 2011. Is is there something else yeah, in line? Poor David's Almanac. Well, Poor David's Almanac is our latest one not counting any of these reissues. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old that is now. Maybe a year and a half? Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. a year? <laughs> Time flies. But um, we're just going to keep working our way through the catalog, getting our records onto vinyl. And I've just been writing a ton. If I, if I sound kind of spaced out, it's because I've been writing all day, and I get into a really weird headspace when I do. <laughs> so... But yeah, we're just gonna keep keep doing what we're doing. We uh, we're out there touring and uh, got shows through the rest of the year. I don't know. We're really enjoying playing as a duet right now. Um, it's funny when we step away from it for a little while. You know, we've been out on the road with this string band touring with Poor David's Almanac, which I love doing that too. But then one of the great things about kind of having two different bands now is we have a little bit of extra juice for whichever one we've been away from you know when we come back to it we've been living playing um just as the two guitars and two voices again now we we love hearing you all i mean cumberland gap ended up being one of our biggest songs of the year just people couldn't hear that one enough so we're always oh great man i love how that came out I, i really have to credit ken scott with you know pushing us to do a little more in the studio 
than we normally would do. You know, we're so normally we just go in and sing it and that's that. And, um, he just put a little more shine on it. And it's, I'm really happy to hear that people were playing it. Gillian, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. Um, Soul Journey, that vinyl, and Hell Among the Yearlings, one of my favorites in there, too. It's, it's been a real pleasure, and, uh, and hopefully we'll see you around Louisville again at, the, at some point. Okay, sounds great. Good talking to you. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye. My eternal thanks to Gillian Welsh right there. Such an honor to be talking with uh, one of the greatest of all time. That new vinyl edition of Soul Journey is out now. Definitely worth picking up. Hey, don't forget, you can subscribe. You should subscribe wherever you're listening from today. Just go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now so you can keep up with these interviews as we do post multiple episodes every single week. If you're checking out the podcast version, uh, maybe at iTunes or Podchaser, uh, we would love it if you would give the series a rating and then uh, leave a review as well. If you feel so inspired, you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. You'll also find some bonus episodes of the series over there. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.